Hi everyone, Richard here. Upon listening to this episode, we realized that our guest accidentally characterizes the right to peacefully protest as being under the Second Amendment when it should be under the First Amendment. Hope this clears any confusion. Hi everyone, welcome back to the It's Over podcast. Today we brought on our good friend Isaac. Uh, Isaac's currently studying at UCLA and we brought him on to talk about various topics ranging from quarantine to Christianity and religious faith and maybe a little bit about politics as well as his major. So welcome Isaac. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. So we wanted to start off with a really light topic because we're afraid that we're going to go into really deep issues that might be touchy, but let's talk about quarantine for a second. So currently we live in California and we have been in quarantine for about what, three, four months already? Yeah, we're getting into yeah. our fourth month. Yeah. So what have you guys been doing to stay productive or stay on top <laughs> of things? I know it's really easy <laughs> to fall into that slump. Oh, no. All right. I guess I'll go. Um, you know, in the beginning. Okay, so Patrick and I, we go to a quarter system school. So um, when quarantine like was happening, we were basically at the end of our winter quarter. So our finals well at least for me i think some finals were still in person but most finals i would say were online and i think that totally saved my grade but that's another story but like going into quarantine i was actually pretty happy because well in terms of like the financial situation like i didn't have to pay for housing because i could just come home for the um spring quarter so that was like oh wow that's a good thing that's a positive thing i mean but like as a whole obviously like people are losing jobs and that's not good for economy but uh, but I mean, personally, um, as a college student, I I was glad that we were going to quarantine because we would have online school. And like in general, I think online school is easier. So I took on four classes for my spring quarter and I did well in them. And uh, school ended like um, a couple weeks ago, like a month ago, like three weeks ago. Yeah, about three weeks ago, two weeks three ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah, so... Um, I just been on break. I am in summer school though, so that kind of gives me something to do. But I mean, I think I have been like deteriorating. Like, there's nothing much to do. I've been at home. Like, I'm pretty introverted. I don't go out. I don't like have a need to go out. So, yeah, my sleep schedule is absolutely terrible. By oh the way, oh my gosh, one time for some reason I got up super early at six fifty. For I just naturally woke up, and then I saw that Isaac had texted me at six forty five. And so I said, oh, you're up so early. And he said, no, I'm still up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so Isaac, did you wake up from sleep recently? Or what was your sleep like recently? Oh, today I actually, I slept at four, which is a huge improvement. That's pretty good, honestly, compared to mine. Because <laughs> I slept at around... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Richard, you're always active too, man. I see you active on Facebook. I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, I went to sleep at 5.30 a.m. last night. But the funny thing is, I can have a really good sleep schedule, but it can suddenly shift. And I think the night before, I slept at like 10 p.m. So I don't know why I'm able to have such radical shifts in my time, like sleep schedule, but... That's just the way I am. I don't know. Yeah, I think that totally happens with me. Like, I'm on a regular sleep schedule, and then one night ruins it. But then for some reason, like, 
after it gets ruined, it just stays ruined. Yeah, I will say it's much harder to get it back on track than it is to ruin it. So definitely something yeah. you should watch out for. Wait, Patrick, you never respond to my 3 a.m. text. How are you? Uh, how are you maintaining a proper <laughs> sleep schedule? No, I for some reason whenever I destroy my sleep schedule the next night i always have to sleep at 10 30 or 11 i can't stay up anymore so my sleep schedule goes back to being normal so i'm actually the opposite i can't maintain a bad sleep schedule that's good for you that's how isaac i remember at the beginning of the school year you had a really good sleep schedule you always slept at 10 and you always slept at six remember yeah i tried doing that yeah and And then just got ruined Yeah, they did. I mean, I am a weirdo, but not for very for other reasons, I guess. Hmm. Wait, so what was your reason for getting up so early? In fall quarter, like I wanted to get up really early, and then like because somebody like in my like house church group, which is like I guess like like a Bible study group. I guess that's the simplest way to put it. Like they had morning prayers, so I went out to those like every morning. So that was like a way to get me up like in the in the morning, and I also had eight a.m.s. So I had to get up early anyway. Yeah, I know that UCLA, we have a lot of different Christian groups on campus. And you yeah, and I, we actually we checked out a lot of them, right? So there's yeah, GOC, AA. Yeah, the like Skr- KCM. The one that you have yeah, a lot of friends in. One. And Victor. I don't say a lot. I have a couple. But then you never actually committed to one of them, right? No, I didn't commit. Yeah, I really don't know why there are so many. I think it's because... Like, there are so many different social groups, and, like, they all try to, like, cater to one social group. Like, for example, KCM is, like, Korean, Christian, something, ministries, ministry, I'm not really sure. But, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, Koreans like to hang out with each other, and Christians like to hang out with each other. So, you combine the two, and you get a Korean-Christian group. I don't know. That's the simplest way to put it. I mean, obviously, they're not saying, like, oh, if you're not Korean and if you're not Christian, you can't join. Like, obviously, anyone can join. But, of course, if your, like, organization has Korean and Christian in it, then, of course, like, 99% of your members are going to be Korean and Christian. I mean, that's with any, like, that's with any club, I think. I always thought that was so weird that you're creating a, a worship group that also has an ethnicity tied in with it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like, like, double ACF... Yeah, I mean there is inner varsity. They're they're more diverse. I know, like they kind of go for that diversity, but I mean I don't know. I I guess because we checked it out. Yeah, me and Patrick checked it out a couple times. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point that we like create another like subsection within a religious group. But I can kind of I can see why that makes sense because people around like who grew up in like similar cultures like they'll have more similarities and like like people tend to make more friends like with people of their same ethnicity i don't know if that was politically incorrect but it's It's just natural i think in general yeah it's a natural thing so something i wanted to bring up is um as a christian i was wondering do you just naturally have a tighter bond with other christians not necessarily people of the same race but based on your religious beliefs? Um, yeah, I think, again, this applies to like anyone with the same mindset. Like if you have, if you believe in a belief system and you meet someone who believes in the, the same system, I think that automatically creates like common ground for you to bond. Whereas if you met someone else with a different belief system, obviously there's not going to be as much common ground. So I think 
just in general, like not even with religion, but if you find somebody that has like more like similarities than you, then I think it'll be easier for you to click with them. But is it is it a different kind of bond than, for example, if you both enjoy playing Brawl Stars? Because they're oh, both of course, of course. But is one does yeah. one feel different than the other? Yeah, definitely. There are some things that are more like important, like similarities that are more important to your life. Like for example, like video games. Like I wouldn't say like that's like. I'm not like everyone I meet doesn't have to like this certain game that I play. Like I'm fine with, I don't care what game you play. Like, you know, like it's not an essential like aspect of my life. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas like something like religion, like it could, it could totally define someone's life. I think for, for some people, like for some people, like, like their religion is really like core to their identity. So depending on, like I guess how important it is to their identity that determines like how easy it is. I'm not really sure. Mm. I think my words are getting jumbled. No, I I remember once you brought me and Kathy out to house church, and it's so funny yeah. because we have this group chat, and every Tuesday at around five or six, Isaac would text us, "Hey, anyone want to go to group? Go to go to house uh, church, house, house church. church." And then yeah. at six thirty, it would say Isaac has removed the message. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Not every time. No, but one time. time I remember I went with Kathy to to Jen, yeah. Jen's apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also I remember being surprised because I had only just met these people and they were already being so open and so vulnerable with me, even though I didn't know them. And I feel like in any other kind of interaction I had at college, it wasn't like that at all. People generally started more closed off, and then they opened up over time. But I remember with that small group of people. They immediately were really personable and really willing to speak about their fears and their concerns and what was stressing them out in life. So I was really surprised by that. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess because like, like in house church or like any Christian circle or not every Christian circle, but I guess like you do, like I guess in religion, you do talk more about like your personal like struggles with life. And I guess like one newcomer is not gonna like change that, because like let's say, let's say like somebody's part of like a small group or something, and like every week they do accountability and they talk about like like their personal like struggles, and like you you'll get like if it's like a week if it's on a weekly basis, and then like one newcomer shows up the next week, I don't think you're gonna like suddenly stop sharing. I mean, of course it'll be a little bit more uncomfortable, but I don't think that'll stop someone. If they've been doing that consistently, you know what I mean. I have noticed that because I think it can be really helpful to to do that to talk about your feelings in such an open way. It could be helpful, or or just healthy. Oh, healthy! Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's definitely healthy to talk about like your struggles. It's not good to like bottle emotions in. It's good to talk about it with other people. Yeah, for sure. I have noticed that um, when I've had. Several experiences where friends have brought me to church with them, including you, Isaac. <laughs> um, yeah, <including> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the community is super tight. Um, I definitely notice how close and open people are to sharing, like really, you know, sensitive info or like just being really open. Mm-hmm. So it does definitely appeal to me that kind of tight knit community you have with everyone else. But like one thing I noticed was that like. Now that, like, in this, like, part of my life, I've kind of, like, stepped away a little bit. And viewing, viewing like, 
religion from the outside, it seems like, like you guys said, it's a very like close knit community, but at the same time, I sometimes feel like it could be unhealthy because if you're a part of like a group who only interacts with other people in the group, then you're not going to really be open to other people. I mean, as Patrick mentioned, he said like we were like open when he came to house church, but I feel like for some, like, like you only interact with other Christians. So you won't like, you're not widening like your mindset. If you, you only talk to Christians. Sometimes being a Christian kind of limits you in terms of like, I guess, making friends, because a lot of people might kind of identify you as, oh, yeah, he's that Christian guy, or um, I feel like some people might silo people into certain categories. Uh, do you think that ever affects your friendships? Yeah, I can see that. If you are part of, like, like let's say I'm, I'm a Christian, so I have a set of, like, belief systems that are, like, set up, like, are the foundation to, like, my religion. And of course, there are people, like, who don't, believe in that same set of values and i'm not saying like i will re- like i'm not going to be friends i'm not saying i'm not going to be friends with someone who doesn't who isn't a christian basically but it definitely like puts a limit because like living a christian lifestyle also means like having friends that will like support you on that lifestyle and i think if you like make friends with someone who's like living a totally different life than what you want your life to look like as a christian i think that'll like hinder you so I can do, I I can't see why like being a part of any religion can like limit your social boundaries. It feels natural for anyone. Like you don't feel like you're explicitly being limited. I I feel like it's more implicit. And at UCLA it can get pretty intense, right? Because at UCLA, we can kind of have preferences to where we live in the dorms. And I do know that for example, one group GOC, they always plan to live on the same floor and in the same building. So yeah. you are literally living with a community of people who have the same fundamental beliefs as you. So I think it all can also be and isolating what is in that again? way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Oh, it's a Grace on campus. It's one of the Christian clubs on campus. Yeah. But talking about this community, Richard, I know because you were in a frat in college. So was that also a kind of community where you felt close to everyone in that group? Yeah, I, I think so. There's a trade-off whenever you have a really tight-knit community. Um, you can either get comfortable in that small circle of friends or you can kind of branch out. And I think you do have to find a balance, but I do see the same kind of pattern in that once you become a part of your fraternity, a lot of people get comfortable and they only hang out with three or four people that they're really close to within the fraternity. And whenever they go out to events where there's likely to meet other people, they tend to stick together rather than meet people. So I would definitely say it's kind of similar in that respect. So there's a drawback, I guess. Is it the same thing for you, Isaac, where you stuck to the same two or three or four people within your church community? Or did you pretty much, were you friendly with everyone? Um, you mean friendly with everybody in my church community or friendly with just like any, any person that I met? Oh, in your church or, community. So were you super close to everyone or did you mostly interact with just three or four people within that community? Um, yeah, so I am chill. Like I was chill with everybody in my community, but of course, like I didn't talk. I mean, some of them like go to USC. So like my house church, it's like the LA house church. So students from USC also, and then students from UCLA. So we meet once a week. So obviously, like I see, or I, I saw the UCLA, 
USC people like at house church and also at church. So that's twice a week, right? But I see the UCLA people like, actually I did see them like basically only twice a week and like when they gave rides and stuff. But I only like talked to like my, the freshman people most often. Cause like there's like sophomores, juniors and seniors. And of course, like most upperclassmen, they live in the apartments. So they're like doing their own thing. Um, yeah. And I only like, mostly hung out with my one like guy friend he's a freshman like we hung out a lot but yeah i guess he's the he's the guy that i talked to the most so i'm not like in like really close to everybody but it is a nice community to have you know speaking of church we've all been to church before right uh some of us have kind of yeah integrated that into our daily life which would be you isaac i'm guessing you still go to church right Okay, this is an interesting thing. I guess I guess whoever's listening, they'll be like, what, Isaac? But like, we've been in quarantine, right? So um, we've like, church is, is all virtual. I mean, no, no, I mean, that's not the surprising part. But like the past, like, or actually like most, like all of 2020, I've really been like questioning like my faith. Whoa, that's big. It could be in a good way or a bad way. Right? Because, or, I mean, you guys know what happened, like, in October. And that, like, so for the listeners, like, something personal happened in, like, our Dime Bar, like, community. Or, like, if you were a class of 2019 and you were friends with him, like, we lost a friend, right? And he was a really close friend to me. So, obviously, I was really affected by that. And I'm so affected by that. So, I think that definitely, like, made me question, like, you know, like, d- like is this religion that I believe in, like, do I really believe in it? Is it like, is it like true or is it just like fake or like, you know what I mean? So I've definitely been like soul searching. Like I've watched so many like apologetics videos and like, like, but honestly those videos, they never end up anywhere. It's just like, like one guy's like, God doesn't exist. And then he says, this is because blah, blah, blah. And then the other guy's like, God, I think God exists because blah, blah, blah. And at the end, I think it really is just like your choice. Like, do you choose to believe in it? I mean, that's what faith is, right? It's you choose to believe in it. And nobody can, like, definitely disprove or prove it. I think. So, yeah. I don't know why Patrick's been laughing so much. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time we were having lunch with uh, two of your friends who were in church, Jojo and Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you randomly, because they're both in KCM, they're both pretty devout. Or Tim's not in KCM as much, but oh, Jojo okay. is. But yeah. they're both pretty religious. Yeah. And... <laughs> oh my god, what's so funny? I... Like... <laughs> you need to chill, bro. No, and Isaac, you randomly, yeah, you asked. You asked. <laughs> I asked a lot of strange questions. Okay. Get it out. What? Get it out like a baby. <laughs> yeah, get it out, bro. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. No, no. You asked... Wait, so when Jesus flies, where does he just keep flying up? <laughs> oh, you mean like when, like when he like when he left the earth, right? The earth, yeah. Keep going up. No, <laughs> I don't think that's what I said. That's not. I don't think that was no, no, like what my. Did you like, say again? It's like you know how like they believe that Jesus ascended to heaven, right? Like in the end of the Gospels, it's that like Jesus like ascended into heaven, right? So I was just asking, like, at what point did he pop out of, like, the earth and, like, into into the heavenly realm? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. That was just, it was just a question that I had. Again, I, I remember because they were so shocked that you asked that question. Wait, really? Wait, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that oh, at okay. all. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, I asked the, like, there are so many questions that I have, you know, mm. speaking like you're, you're <laughs> saying though, Isaac, that you've been questioning, I guess your faith. What does that really mean though? Do you mean like you're a little more skeptical or do you think you've kind of been like, is it a bumpy kind of ride where you maybe were skeptical and then you regain faith or something like that? What's going on? Um, so definitely from like since October, it was bumpy. So I think like in November, I was like, like, I guess like going upwards and then like December, I was going downwards again. It was like, it was pretty up and down, but I think like since like March, April-ish, I've been kind of like, I kind of just settled at like a, like a low or not a low, but just at a place where I'm like skeptical. I'm like questioning. It's just like hard to like wrap my head around it. You know what I mean? Like what happened and like what the Bible says about like what God does, like who he is. And, but like, like logically, like logically and rationally, I do, I I do think all the evidence says that there is a God out there, like seeing how like complex we are, seeing like how the universe is formed. I mean, this goes into just like, I don't know, like the, oh, I forgot. There's like a term for it. Like saying how we were like designed. I mean, like everything has a creator. Like, so all the like rational, like all the logical debate, like I, like my brain agrees with it, but I'm like emotionally and like, I guess like my heart is like, it still has a problem with it because, because like something so personal happened, you know what I mean? So yeah, I guess I'll just keep wrestling with it. I don't know. Like, I really don't know where I'm going to end up in a few years, like regarding this topic, but I'm like, I'm open to it. How have you been thinking about it? Have you been talking to people in your community or is it just a lot of soul searching on your own? I think at this point it's a lot on my own. I like in the beginning, towards the beginning, like the first couple of months, I talked to a ton of people, like talked to like my house church. Uh, I talked to like my close friends about it. I honestly like, I guess the conclusion I made was it's just going to, it's a personal thing. Like talking to someone, like talking to one person isn't going to really change it. So yeah. But I'm like, I'm open to it. I'm chill. And then I do remember, I agree with you that it seems to me that there's, no matter how much you think about it, there's always that leap of faith you have to make yeah. as to whether you do or do not believe in God. Mm-hmm. And Isaac, I remember we would often go to the dinners of these Christian clubs on campus and then we would mm-hmm. try to find someone and just we would just ask that person questions all dinner long. <laughs> yeah, and we went to I that one at the that at, one GOC, right? Yeah, at GOC, there was that really smart person that we talked to. Yeah, but then I remember at the end of the day, they always made the same argument that was just you always have to have that that leap of faith a little bit, and that yeah. you can't intellectualize your way to it. Yeah, there is a limit to that because if you think about like the just the concept of God or like a divine being. Like, if your brain can fully wrap your head around it, then that's not, like, God. Because, like, the concept of God is that he's, like, he's, like, he's just better than you. Like, he's, he's like, like, in simple terms, like, he's more big brain than you, right? So, like, you, you can't understand, like, this, this person. So, there is going to be, like, this gray area that you cannot, like, grasp, but... I guess that's where like that leap of faith. I think it's a gray area, not just in religion though. Like, faith exists beyond religion. For example, I sort of believe in karma, meaning like if you do a good thing, um, 
you'll receive good things in return. If you do a bad thing, then the opposite might occur. But okay. there's no proof of that. There's just faith. So are there any other aspects of your life that extend okay. beyond religion? Wait, so when you say karma, are you talking about like, it's like another like dimension, like a spiritual dimension that's causing these good Not, things to happen to I, good people? I, I don't really believe in like, well, I can't explain it either. But all I know is that I feel like in the future, something bad will happen to me as well. So for example, like, I don't know, like spitting gum on the floor, like there's nothing inherently like terrible about it. Like it doesn't affect people that much, but like, I still yeah. feel really bad doing it. But I feel like that's just basic, like human morality, like saying this is right, this is wrong. I, I guess there is, huh? Because like, like you said, like karma is like, if you do good, good things will happen to you and bad. Like, like if you commit a crime, you will be punished for it by the law. So I think, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, that's how I think about karma it. Karma takes the form of the police. I'm not saying like karma is like, no, 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 I'm not saying like the police is karma. I'm saying, I don't know, I just believe in like morality. Like if you're moral, then you will do the right thing. Yeah, Richard. So is your, speaking about karma, is your incentive for doing good things in part because you want good things to happen to you? So yeah, that's a good question. I would say no. Like I do enjoy helping people with no expectation from anything good in return. But mm -hmm. it's more so about the stuff like bad things. Like sometimes I have something in my mouth like and it's kind of gross like maybe mucus or something and then like i just like i look to the side there's a really nice patch of dirt and you get it out of my mouth and just like you know like <laughs> wait i don't think there's something wrong with that though it's just you're spitting on dirt like it's public and okay, i don't know i mean <laughs> i really <laughs> but like even though Is i know it? it's harmless like, like no one cares no one knows i don't I know it. but like i still feel like I have a moral obligation not to or it's not necessarily moral but i feel like something bad will happen to me and it's not very clear-cut and i don't like it's not hmm. really something i believe in like to its core it's just like a feeling yeah that, like oh maybe i'll pay for this in the future i i really don't know okay i mean yeah that's cool you do you man <laughs> no that's interesting because does that mean that a part of the reason you don't do bad things is because you don't want bad things to happen to you? Or do you refrain from doing bad things because it's a bad thing? Both. For both. Its own but sake. there are things that are gray line, right? Like, you know, spitting on the, like, on, on the piece of dirt, like, next to you, like, is that really bad? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't do it if people were in front of me, but yeah. when I'm alone, I question, like, oh, should I do it? Like... Like, maybe it's a bad thing. But, yeah, that's getting away from the point. Um, I guess it's a little bit of a tangent. That's our first tangent of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but if, if everyone spit on the ground whenever they felt like it, then the world would be super gross, right? Same thing with, like, picking your nose, right? Like, you wouldn't do it in front of people, but um, is it a bad thing to do on your own? Probably not, not really, right? I don't think it's, like, there's nothing bad about it. You're just... I really don't think it's like morally wrong. Like I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about it. No, but the thing about picking your nose, I think the bad thing about it is that your hand gets dirty. And if yeah, so you wash your so you wash your hands after. But then you have to walk like a surgeon going into <laughs> surgery until you go to a bathroom. I guess so. You pick your nose in the bathroom. <laughs> okay, this is getting so off topic. No, but, but there's a lot of interesting parallels between like 
I guess, karma, like where it's sort of faith-based, although it has more of like a moral aspect to it. And Christianity, which is a religion, which is mm-hmm. obviously faith-based. But going back to the church thing, like we've all been to church before. Patrick, you and I decided at some point to stop going. What happened? I went to church every Sunday from kindergarten to fifth grade, actually. Oh, so okay. it was quite a long time. <clears throat> and I know I, but I remember I stopped. I hated going to church because I hated the people there. Whoa. Oh. Or just my classmates. I thought they were super loud and obnoxious. Yeah. And I always thought it was so annoying that my teacher would make me memorize three lines of verse before <laughs> I could leave the classroom. <laughs> I said, what, what? Why are you making me memorize this? Yeah. And yeah, well, I think ultimately, I maybe it was a church I went to, or maybe it was just the people that I interacted with there, but I didn't feel a real connection to god mm. to any mm-hmm. of those people when i was yeah. in elementary i think school. i have a similar reason for stop yeah. going to church because i i i guess i enjoyed the people and it was fun being a part of that community like we had an art contest at some point but anyways <laughs> um yeah i felt little connection to god so it was hard for me to justify yeah. going there every weekend i can totally see that because i think um just looking at the western church in general i think like the church, like, which isn't like, it doesn't just apply to a building. Like the church should be like the body of Christ. Right. And I think the church just lost its like vision in, in the West. Like it's all, it's all about like these programs and activities. And I think like at the core, it lost its like me, like it lost its purpose in like cultivating spaces for people to like connect with God. Like, as you guys said, like when you guys were like in elementary school, you guys went to church and like you got, you didn't feel connected to God. It was just like, I don't know, like, school basically and i think like at least for like younger children i really think the the responsibility is should be given more to the parents to like to like raise their children like in the ways of god i don't know i don't know how else to put it but yeah i think like in the american church at least like it just it became more like just any other like business almost where you just like oh god, I, I don't know how to oh, how should I word this? Oh, it's, it's more like, like you're selling a product, right? Yeah, it became like oh, we need to get this person to come to our church instead of the church across the street. How can we get this consumer to come to our company? You know what I mean? We're gonna have all these programs. We're gonna have like free coffee and donuts every morning, and I think like you really lose like your purpose, or like the church loses purpose when it starts like getting distracted on things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm no one to judge like a particular church, but yeah. I, re- I remember one of the Fridays that I went out to Grace on campus to listen to a sermon. The pastor talked mm-hmm. about exactly that because somewhere in the Bible, Jesus, I think he said, if you're going to only follow me halfway, don't follow me at all. Like he yeah. only wants the total supporters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's, like a huge part of what's happening in America is there's this huge, like Christianity has become so lukewarm. Like Jesus says, like, you know, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. You know, like he'd rather you be like completely not Christian than like, like half Christian. You know what I mean? It's like, as Patrick said, like he wants like, like your full devotion instead of like a partial devotion. 
So do you think that the churches focus too much on the donuts and the fun activities? What should they be focusing on more? They should just be focusing on God. Like, I mean, that's the simplest <laughs> way to put it. I think they've just became like, like church is obviously a very dynamic thing, but in essence, at its core, it should just be about like ministering to God, like creating a, an environment for people to connect with God. And I think, I think along the way, it just like, it just got distracted too much. So do you think, should we, should we have maybe more sermons or more, what, I, what kind of church life do you see that would be more beneficial than what's going on right now? How could we focus more on God? I think there needs to just be um, just like a shift, meaning, um, I mean, obviously if you're a Christian, you're going to like believe like in spiritual things. So like, like people are like other Christians are always like, like, yeah, the church in America needs like a spiritual awakening, meaning like they need to like stop just focusing on these like menial, like trivial things like all their programs, all their whatever. And like, just basically like go back to the basics of like what it really means to like follow God and just do that. Just stick to the basics, you know? But you know, it's, it's really ironic that I'm saying this because like I'm in a stage where I'm like questioning my faith. But yeah, but yet I still know a lot about the church, you know? I mean, I grew up in it. So I know a lot about the church like and its condition, but I mean, obviously, personally, I'm going through something right now. But still, yeah, it's, I'm like, like, at this weird, like, ironic, like, almost hypocritical stage. <laughs> I don't I mean, really know. No, it's, it's totally fine to question and, like, be skeptical about faith. Like, that's just mm -hmm. natural. Um, we're humans. We're yeah. naturally skeptical about a lot of things. So, that's fine. Yeah. Um, another topic we wanted to talk about was the political landscape at maybe specifically UCLA, maybe beyond that. How would you guys describe like general political views at UCLA? I wouldn't say I know a lot about the, like the political atmosphere at UCLA because I haven't like, I mean, obviously if you go to like any like university, it's going to be generally very like liberal, but I haven't experienced any like, any like political conflict there. I mean, I know Patrick like was able to like, eat lunch with like senator or governor i don't know his title Wait, like caucus or something i yeah, was like yeah. which i thought was pretty cool to him once. yeah he ran for president in in 88 against hw bush and he lost <laughs> obviously <laughs> <laughs> no but i would say that when i talked to governor dukakis i i think he's much more moderate than typical college students Oh yeah, I, yeah, of course. I don't think UCLA is that liberal. I mean, as in your, for example, in some of your classes, have you seen a liberal, a tendency towards more liberal views at all? I mean, I mean, I take STEM courses, so there's no room for that at all. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I mean, but I did okay. So I did take an English class, or I guess it goes into like what ideology does each side believe in. And okay, before I start, like I think the bipartisan nature of American politics is the reason why it's so toxic and cannot get anything done. I think George Washington was very correct in his farewell speech by warning America of political parties. And I think he was so correct because America is in such a terrible state right now. And I think it is because of the bipartisan system. I took an English class um, in my first quarter 
and like we we had to like where we went through this book it was called like rereading america and it talks about like like the issues in america like what causes them and then like of course like there's a certain ideology behind the book and like any other like anything you read but basically it's teaching like like for example it was like oh look at like it talks about racial disparities like racial disparities in outcome and like it uh, and then like I had to write about an essay about why like America is systemically like racist or something like that. All the inequality you see, like I feel like they teach you that it's all because of inequity. Like the reason why you see racial disparities is because of racism. But I really, I don't think, I don't think that's generally true. Mm. So are you saying that like a lot of problems we have, like people default to like, it's because of racism. Like they're saying that, like, let's say, like the color of your skin is stopping you from succeeding, like stuff like that. And I don't think that's generally true. When people of color say that they come from a really disadvantaged background, and then they refer to stuff that has happened in the past, like slavery, uh, I think there is a bit of truth to it. Mm-hmm. But not everyone of that color has that same like underprivileged disadvantaged background necessarily because like you said it's not necessarily always because of the skin of your your, the color of your skin it's also a lot of factors you Mm -hmm. could be black yellow yeah any color but grow up in a very privileged neighborhood so it really should be more about socioeconomic factors rather than racial yeah that's what i'm saying it should it should just be about like what challenges you have to overcome and i do think your success is determined by like individual decisions that you make in your life which is surprisingly a very controversial thing to say these days which i don't understand why but i can like like for example like college admissions i understand there's like affirmative action like like looking at the holistic like the holistic like characteristics of a student and i totally agree with that we should be looking at the holistic characteristics of a student like not just numbers not just gpa like looking at what they're involved in like looking at their personal life like what challenges they had to overcome right i just don't see why race should be included in that and i do like of course america was was like systemically racist obviously slavery was a terrible thing like in the u.s like and obviously we all believe that it's a terrible thing now um, like Jim Crow, another terrible thing that happened, which was systemically racist, and it was outlawed. And now there isn't like explicit like racist like law that exists. But you know, if I mean, I'm sure there are still people like living like because of the effects of like Jim Crow, maybe or like redlining, which was also like outlawed. But I think now, like, I don't know. I think people can accomplish if they accomplish what they want to if they put in the work to it but of course i'm not saying everybody has the same challenges but i think it's possible i feel like a lot of people like there's this term right cancel culture and it usually refers to people yeah when there's like a really there's a somewhat sensitive topic they tend to blow it up and they make it a much bigger deal than it normally would be otherwise um Mm -hmm. But one problem I I noticed in our political landscape is that a lot of people focus on blaming other people rather than coming to a solution. And, you know, people Mm -hmm. will say like, yeah, like, I I might not necessarily agree with the other side, 
of a certain issue. But at the same time, yeah. I don't want to spend all my time criticizing their arguments. But you don't want to criticize yeah. them and do nothing about it. You want to work towards a common ground. So that's one thing I feel like is lacking yeah. in our, our current situation today with a lot of issues. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because I think both sides, they want the same thing. We want equality. We want racial equality. Like, we want America to be, like, what it should be. Like, what it's written, like, in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. Like, we need to live up to that. But obviously, like, we have different, like, we think that it should be done in different ways. I noticed on social media, there's a lot of people voicing their opinions um, about issues that are, you know, today, like BLM. Um, <laughs> do you guys think there's any <laughs> yeah. like, pressure to voice your support for that issue? Like physically go out of your way to like post on social media about it. I wouldn't say personally, but I can totally see that among people who are more like well-known, like celebrities or like public figures. Cause they like from their fans, they're going to say, Hey, why aren't you, why aren't you supporting this? Right. And then if you don't like, you'll get canceled. You know what I mean? And I just think that's really toxic. Like, of course, like, I, I feel like there's, like, there's a there's a distinction between supporting, like, believing in the phrase Black Lives Matter, which I think everybody believes in. I think, or, or most people, I'm sure there are some, like, four racist people who live in a bunker in the middle of nowhere who believe that Black Lives don't matter. But as a general, like, I think, like, 99.99% of America, we believe that Black Lives Matter. We believe that all lives matter, right? I think when you say you support Black Lives Matter, you're supporting like the movement, right? The Black Lives Matter movement, which is like their own like, and of course they have their own political agenda. They have their own tactics, right? So I do think like, even though I believe in the phrase that Black Lives Matter, which I think everyone should, that doesn't mean I support like the the movement right. Black Lives Matter. And it's a very like it's very it's kind of confusing because it sounds the same, but. There are extremists in that area, and there are people who are very, very like supportive. So there's a very broad spectrum of people supporting mm-hmm. this movement, and it's it's difficult to to kind of identify like which part of you know the movement you might support because it's so broad. Yeah, and like for the people like protesting on the street, like sure. That's good. That's a Second Amendment right. You should protest if you feel like there's injustice like happening around the like around the country, right? But you know, I I don't believe in violence, though. That's something that I I don't yeah I don't believe in. Is it is it possible to support something but not like voice it out? Because there's plenty of things I support, but like I decouple it from my social life, right? Oh okay. There's it's like you're being complicit to something. I feel like that's what everybody's saying these days. Like, you need to actively support it or you're not supporting it at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, for example, if you support, you know, if you're against animal cruelty, most people are, right? But no one really posts about animal cruelty is really bad on social media. So they don't specifically, like, voice out their opinion on a certain issue, even though they agree with it. Why is it that there's more, so much more pressure to to voice your opinion on like BLM. But I think that just depends on what the current trending situation is. So like the public wants you to like voice your opinion about what's like hot, the hot topic, you know, in society today, which is like the BLM movement. I guess in that scenario, like when, when injustice is happening, you should voice your opinion about it. 
And I think there are a lot of different ways that you can stand up to something that you view yeah. is unjust besides just posting social media. So for example, the animal cruelty thing, maybe you can, you can avoid eating all meats that come from, come from farms that mistreat their animals. So there are a lot of yeah. different things you can do besides just posting online. And I think the yeah. same thing can be said with BLM, where besides just posting online, you could also protest. You could also donate to groups that support mm -hmm. maybe black Americans who are going through the unjust criminal justice system. And there are a lot of different things you can do besides just posting. But I do think that if you say you are opposed to something and then you do absolutely nothing, then you are being complicit in a way. Wait, so you said if you're opposed to something, you should be actively opposing it as well? Because I think if you if you oppose something, but you don't do anything about it, then your opposition doesn't do anyone any good, right? Hmm. Do you think there is still good that come that might come from your your opposition, even even if you don't do anything at all? I think the only thing that I do, like in general, with anything, I I just talk to people about my beliefs. That's like the one thing that I do. I've been talk. I just tell people, hey, this is what I think. Tell me what you think about it. And I think that's doing like my part, just talking to people about what I think. No, yeah, I totally agree that if you that just spreading your opinions and voicing them out is also yeah. a really good thing you can do. The pro the problem with American politics is that people are not willing to listen, and I think that's a terrible problem. You need to just listen to pe what what people believe in and why they think about it. I mean, we have free speech; it's protected under the Constitution. I think that's a beautiful thing. We were able to like voice our opinions about certain topics, and we should listen to each other and like you know try to come to a conclusion. My stance is that no one has an obligation to do anything, even if you agree with it. And I'm not saying that's a net positive, but when you like, for example, like influencers, right? Mm -hmm. I I I don't think that they have to voice their opinion or they have an obligation to do like to go out of their way yeah. and support it because there are people like any one of us like i would never put myself on this pedestal and have to basically because i'm more exposed to the public and i have audiences that are all around the world i still don't think that i have an obligation to do anything really i don't have to post yeah that's totally true yeah I agree but with that. but you'll get so much pressure from your fans is what i'm saying you get so much pressure from the media and then if you don't say like if you don't say what they want you to say, they're going to cancel you. And I think that's just so toxic. Like, just, like, if, like, for example, like, what if you're just, like, like, I don't know, a baseball player and you just want to play baseball and then all these people are saying, hey, you got to say this and this. I'm like, I just want to play baseball. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, that's very, like, oversimplification, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What else do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, I would talk about anything. I don't know. You wrote like defunding police, um, which um, I don't really know because I don't know what they use their budget on. So <laughs> I, I mean, I have no idea what the money is used on. But as like, I don't think the police, I don't think the police should be totally abolished, which is some, which is what some people are saying. I think that's completely absurd because when you don't have police, the crime right, the crime rates will like skyrocket. So I do not think getting rid of the police is a good idea. But in, funds, in terms of defunding, I, I really don't know. There's Okay, there's the extremist side of defunding yeah. the police completely, which is 
Um, most likely not necessarily a good idea. Um, but then I feel like most people, when they say mm-hmm. that, they don't necessarily mean complete abolition. They're more so referring to, I yeah. guess, cutting the workforce by a fraction. And no one knows whether that's a good yeah. idea or not. I think you really just have to do research into that area. Yeah. But also, there are other yeah. ways to, to address this issue, right? I, like, I've heard that there are improvements in education mm-hmm. of the police, and, and there's other ways to tackle the issue. Yeah. But a lot of people just simply think about defunding and... We really don't know, I guess. It's very speculative. Yeah. There are, like, so many ways to attack the issue. Like, not it's not just, like, defunding the police or not. There's, like, so many other ways you can, like, address it. <laughs> well. All right. We're approaching the one-hour mark. We could also really? talk about your math major, actually. All right. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was going to talk about my math major. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let's we talk about your math major. <laughs> I think that has more to do with like my personal life. You declared your major the other day, right, Isaac? Yeah, okay. So I graduated high school in 2019, Diamond class 2019. And so I went through one year of college, but I was able to like finish all my prerequisites, which normally I think takes two years. Or I should like, if you're like going to graduate in four years, then you should like two years in preparation and two years like in the major. But I was able to declare my major, and like, like a few days ago, I got approved. So I am finally like an actual math major. Well, before I was like a pre-math major, now I'm an actual math major. Of course, there's no like difference, but yeah. <clears throat> so I'll be taking my first upper division classes in the fall, which I'm pretty excited and intimidated about. Are you? You're looking at graduating a year early, right? Yeah, actually, I want to graduate undergrad in three years, right? So either after that, I'm going to be applying to grad school. I want to go to grad school, so I'll be applying to grad school. But um, UCLA does have a like this program for undergraduate math, student, math majors where um, you can graduate with your bachelor's and your master in four years. So I think I'm going to be trying to get into that program. You have to apply. And I looked at like all the requirements, and it seems pretty hard, like, need like two letters of rec you know pass this like basic test and like they posted the previous like years so i looked at it i was like oh my gosh i do not know how to do a single problem right now like it's like all proof based and i'm like i haven't learned like proof based math yet but i'll be taking my first one this quarter this uh upcoming quarter so yeah that's my plan for now proof based math is that is that basically math where you have to list out the steps that lead to a conclusion? Yeah, I guess it's like like in geometry with the proofs, but I don't think it's going to be in the sense that you just name this theorem and then you just say, okay, yeah, this is a theorem. I think it's more like logic-based. I don't really know. We'll see. Like, I'll be taking a linear algebra class. Okay, so I took the just like the regular math, I guess, like linear algebra, just like the mathematical like calculations, computation, stuff like that. But I guess now, like in my first upper division class, linear algebra, like which is gonna be proof phase, you're gonna be like proving proving stuff. Not gonna be like calculation based, it's gonna be like why why does this formula One exist? example would be like graph theory, right? Or I haven't learned graph theory, I've heard about graph theory. 
<laughs> Wait, Richard, did you take operative math classes in at NYU? Um, I think the highest class I've ever taken is just like linear algebra, to be honest. So oh. beyond that, no. I wouldn't. I don't think that's operative, right? So well, graph theory is interesting though. I didn't take a class on it specifically, but there's a lot of overlap with like graphs and discrete math and computer science because okay. there's a lot of problems in, oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the CS field where you can represent them as graphs, as nodes, yeah. connected, under like directed graphs mm -hmm. or stuff like that. So there's a little overlap. I've learned yeah. some like theory and principles behind it, but mm -hmm. yeah, definitely not as much in depth as an entire math class on graph theory. Yeah, I found that really interesting because like pure math people like they've done research for what like hundreds of years and like they never like really found an application for that but now that computer science is a really big thing i feel like all the hundreds of years of math that people have been researching now it can be applied like i know in like cryptography they use prime numbers so all that prime number research like i just find that so like interesting that something that they researched on and they were like we have no idea how to apply this to re the real world but we're gonna keep researching it and then we finally found a use of it and i think that's that's like really interesting Exactly. And it's not just prime numbers and cryptography. There's so many wide uses. Like, yeah. for example, I took a yeah, blockchain class last semester and uh, mm -hmm. we learned about basically when you're adding a new block onto this block, the, the blockchain, um, you have uh -huh. to guess random numbers. And if you find the right number to basically once you pass, pass all the data in that block into a hash algorithm and it produces a number, a byte, a byte string of like uh -huh. a certain number of zeros <laughs> in front of it. I don't understand it completely either. But that has to do with, I think, what's called a cryptographic hash algorithm, which actually is dealing with prime numbers. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me and Patrick were like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, someday we should have a, a, a topic about blockchain because... You always talk about your blockchain class with, with that one professor you really like, right? Well, interesting thing, like, my professor was someone from industry and she is some managing director, which is a really high position at some crypto tech company, whatever. So that was a really interesting class. Isaac, do you know how to code at all? Oh, yeah. I took an intro coding class uh, this past uh, quarter, like the quarantine quarter. Oh, yeah, I took like four prereqs last quarter. That's how I was able to like get into my major. But anyway, I took uh, like intro to CS or C++. I'm sure Richard knows what that means, like the language C++. Mm -hmm. It was pretty interesting. I liked it. But it was like really basic, like learning how to like learning oh, like so really basic functions. Coding? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty like. Patrick is surprised. Why? Why? No, coding is the worst thing I've ever done. It's really logical. Like it's awful. It really is like a language. Like honestly. But okay, the thing about the thing that makes it not a language is this: if in English I misspell a word, you still know what sentence I'm saying. Oh, but, but no, coding, no, it's because it's because if humans right, if, we have we have brains so we can analyze something like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, computers don't... That's why the human brain is so complex. Like, hum, like in, in a computer, like, if you have one mistake, your whole system is ruined. But, like, a human brain has the ability to, like, analyze, like, I guess make, like, like educated guesses that I don't think... I guess... can, can, we, can we, I mean, I know there's AI and stuff, but... 
you know. But yeah, no, the thing you're talking about, Patrick, like uh, computers, long for a long time have not been able to make inferences similar to like the human mind. Like we can look at like for example, when you write your your name, all the letters, everyone could write the same name mm-hmm. and it would be readable to the same human. But for a computer, there's slight variations in you know the thickness of the text or like how big you write your letters or there's so many factors that go into writing that yeah. a computer might not be able to recognize unless it's trained. Oh yeah, those like like facial recognition software like fingerprint reading or something like that. Yeah, yeah, those all require machine yeah. learning and pattern recognition. So yeah, which I think is so cool. Where like a computer can like. Is this like, for example, is this a cat? And then, like, you feed the computer a bunch of images, like, and it's able to like determine which ones. I think that's that's like mimicking like the human brain. Which, funnily enough, is it mimicking? Um, I don't know. Neural networks they require linear algebra. So once you take that linear algebra oh, class, um, maybe you'll uh, jump to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like for pure math, like it's just math, like. I feel like they they won't go into like I'm not like applied or anything. I feel like applied would. Are you looking to stay in academia or go into industry or something else? Um, I don't know. I I think for now, like I, I've always told myself, like oh, I'll just teach like high school math, like maybe teach at Danbar High School. I mean, that's a possibility. But my brother was like, "Bro, are you gonna stay in SoCal your whole life?" And I was like, "Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go somewhere. I don't know." I honestly have no idea. He's just saying, like, it's like, just, I don't know, like, go to another place. Don't stay in SoCal, the the nice Asian bubble SoCal. I mean, I do want to travel the world, definitely. <laughs> oh, okay. No, but, <laughs> you, yeah, you've talked about being wanting to be a teacher before. Yeah. And I remember we both, there's this thing at UCLA called CalTeach, where you yeah. apply to become a teacher <laughs> for... <laughs> Local elementary school students. And yeah. Actually, the winter quarter, this past winter quarter, Isaac and I applied together. Wait, really? Yeah. And Isaac got in. Patrick didn't get in, and I just decided to drop it. It wouldn't have mattered. We applied during winter quarter for spring quarter, right? Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered. But I yeah, it wouldn't have mattered because we went to quarantine anyway. But, okay, I was I remember being so mad because Isaac's application, you just wrote <laughs> a one sentence long <laughs> for every single... For yeah, uh, wait, pa- Patrick, did you like write like a I paragraph or like essay answers? Oh, but I think if you write, I want to become a teacher, they'll consider you more than I want to be a biologist or <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you wrote right? you want to be a teacher? Oh, you did? Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, I mentioned that. Like, I, I'm looking to be a teacher. Of course, they're going to accept me. I, don't, I mean, that's what it's for, isn't it? That's true. Get Not for, I don't know, like a <laughs> biologist. And then there know. were... There were I think four or five schools, and only one of the schools was within walking distance. And Isaac said yeah. that if he didn't get that one school, he would drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching seems like a really rewarding like career, though. Or like not yeah. if not a career, it seems like a rewarding experience for sure. I'm, yeah. I I say this because I was a teaching assistant at some point, and it was so much really? fun. It was so much fun. Wow. Yeah, all the, like, oh my gosh, like, all the math TAs, I'm, like, they're probably all, like, grad students, right? They're, like, very, like, for lack of better terms, like, nerdy. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, they're really nerdy, like, socially, like, not, 
I don't know how to like socially different. I'd say, like they're really smart. Like they're really really smart, but they're just you know not like social. How was their English? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Then. Okay, on me. Okay, <laughs> my first in fall quarter. My my first. Okay, what? Patrick, relax, man. Okay, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, in, in fall quarter, I had a TA, and I think he was he was a fob, so his English was not good, but he was very smart. But winter at winter, okay, winter quarter, I took two math classes, so I had two math TAs, but their English was fine. They were just socially awkward, I guess.、Mm. I do、yeah. find that there are a lot of international students in these teaching assistant positions. Yeah. I guess it depends on like the subject. I don't know for CS and stuff like for bio. For for bio, one of my favorite one of my favorite memories of bio this past year. One of my professors, he had a really thick Chinese accent. Okay. And one day in the middle of lecture, my a buddy of mine he leaned over to me. He whispered, "I wish our professor could speak English." Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I think we've all had our fair share of like professors that have a really thick accent. It's yeah, just, it sucks, but you just gotta get through it. And it's not their fault. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I've never had a professor that like had a like a thick accent to the point where I couldn't understand it. Like this past online quarter, like my differential equations professor, like he had a pretty thick accent, but I could still understand. But yeah, but I like. In terms of skipping class in college, I have had my fair share of skipping class. Oh, I do not encourage it, but I have skipped a lot of class. But it's understandable for you because your schedule was so bad. Because who wants to、uh, walk back to campus at one、yeah. fifty p.m. for a two p.m. lecture? <laughs> yeah, I guess I just didn't plan that out really well.、Um, no, you got screwed, right? Your schedule? Huh? You got your schedule got messed up. Because you wanted, you had it perfect. Then... Oh yeah, I oh yeah, that was during like orientation. I wanted this a certain schedule, and I didn't get it. And speaking, <laughs> speaking of schedules, do you like classes in the morning, getting things out of the way, or do you prefer waking up later? See, I tell myself that having morning classes is good because it gets out of the way. But if I have morning classes, I'm just not gonna go to them. That's what happened. <laughs> like I had an eight a.m. math class my first quarter of college. I think after like. The first three or four weeks, like I just stopped going. I only went on Fridays to turn in homework, and sometimes it was just like at the end of class, I just turned it in and I left, which is terrible. Don't don't follow me. But I don't know. I still got through because like I think self studying works for me. I just like read the math textbook, did my homework, and I survived. But again, don't don't follow me. Holy crap! You、I、actually read the textbook、idea. though. That's like. Yeah, hardcore. Okay, I'm a math major, and I like math. So reading, I think reading a math textbook is way easier than reading anything else that、What? actually requires reading. Dude, I think it's so interesting that you like math. <laughs> I think okay, I know why I like math. It's because it's very objective, black and white. Like, there's no right, like there's no middle ground. You know what I mean? English is so subjective. You can. Argue both sides. You can say whatever you want. I just don't like. I I don't like that. I don't like that gray area. You don't like art.、Mm-hmm. What about music, Isaac? See, that was no, no. Like for real, like music, it's both. You have to hit all your notes. That's the black and white,、mm-hmm. right? But in terms of like musicality, 
like like you know Aki like Aki always was like Isaac you need to be more musical like my horror teacher was like you need to be more musical bro I'm like I'm sorry but I I, I lack creativity I don't know I guess I was always like people are always like yeah you need to be more musical like what does more musical mean does that be, mean more passionate in your playing I guess I was like I was I was being too robotic like too black and white like I was just reading the page as it is but music like true musicians like you have to like add in your own spice to it you know but I guess I was Does unable that mean to do playing that the wrong notes sometimes no 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 no, no. <laughs> you need to play the right oh, notes what do you, what but you need notes? to like like, like phrasing putting emotion just into it like making it humane <laughs> <laughs> no oh, okay. yeah phrasing like for example like yeah, uh, like dynamics like of course you do the dynamics on the page but you also like put in your own oh you god can I don't vary know the how, speed like, of your, the phrasing like yeah, you know slower like, on more like, serious parts pushing and pulling and yeah faster on really energetic yeah. and quick parts and okay, I used to play the horn by the way the French horn for those listening I don't know who's listening but <laughs> for like seven I played for seven years and now I do not play anymore. You play guitar. So, maybe so, I was, right? Yeah, I play guitar. I really... You know, what's really funny is that, like, I played guitar because, like, for church and stuff. So, I played, like... I was, like, a worship leader and stuff. So, I played, like, Christian songs. And I still... Like, the funny thing is, like, I still like to play guitar. And so, like, the only songs that I know are, like, Christian songs. So, I still play along to Christian songs, even though, like, I'm not sure if I believe in what the lyrics are saying. I still... I don't know. I still enjoy Christian music a lot, which is... I find it interesting that I still like. You know, music. I've always wondered why do we need another guitar player in this world? <laughs> what? There's so <laughs> that was so <laughs> random. What are you talking about? There's so about? many guitar players. What is what? the appeal of learning the guitar? I mean, it's a for me. I don't play for other people. I play for myself. Like, yeah. Like to but pass why, the time. Why don't you learn good. something cool? Like. I don't, like I mean, I could. No, what's could. cooler, Richard? What's cooler? Like, like what? Yeah, what? It depends on <laughs> what, what you, you play? define the, as cool. The like, what you personally think? You want to play the the I don't know the recorder? <laughs> you know, the recorder is a very underrated instrument, actually, in my opinion. It is. It has two full octaves. Yeah. Oh, the instrument sucks. Actually, there's that more octaves awful. too. There's only two octaves. That's there's so bad. There's a falsetto bad. octave too, so there's three actually. <laughs> If you blow too hard in a recorder, it gives up and becomes a whistle. It cracks, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. oh, that's what you mean. If you blow really it hard, it'll just really high, like pitch. that one pitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, I think guitar is a great instrument. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick and I played guitar together sometimes during college. Two guitars. He loves the Beatles. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, guitar is one of the mainstream instruments out there. Like French horn, very low key. You know what's cooler? An electric guitar. Electric? No, yeah. but electric guitar, you're so obnoxious. <laughs> and what's wrong with you? It is yeah. very low. French horn, because you can't sing and play French horn at the same time. Unless. Yeah, that's the limit to like, like instruments that require your like mouth to like blow. You can only produce like one, to- one tone at a time. Maybe two if you're really yeah. good. But that's why I like piano. You can play like 10 or more like notes at the same time. That's <laughs> a weird laugh. Don't mind my dog. 
It's a really weird laugh, Richard. So Isaac, did you did your enthusiasm for French horn wane over the years? Yeah, I definitely did. I was really passionate about it in middle school, and you know, as time went on in high school, I feel like I just lost interest. You know, like I was personally playing. Like I still love listening. But like yesterday, I listened to like a horn concerto on YouTube by like my favorite like horn soloist, and it's a very like I love listening to it. It's a very beautiful instrument. I just think like it's not worth my time anymore as it used to be i think there are times where like i definitely miss it but i don't know if i'll ever go back to playing it you know the thing i liked about music most though is the fact that you have a community and if you have people that you play with that are really enjoyable to be around it's so much fun yeah see that's why i liked it like throughout middle school and high school all my friends were basically a part of like band and orchestra i think that's that's what made it fun, but like, I mean, I guess I could have met like the UCLA band, like orchestra people. Like I know Kathy did orchestra at UCLA. I don't know. I kind of do miss that a little bit, but I don't know. Is it like it comes with costs and benefits? So you got to do the the marginal benefit greater than marginal cost analysis that you learn in economics. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember one thing I learned from band is that because in band your section the people you play instrument with I feel like in all yeah. other parts of middle school life if there was someone you didn't like then there was no need to fix the friendship you could just cut them off and move on to someone else but what <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking if, about, Patrick. If you're playing in the same section as they are, or if you're going to see them every day in band, then you have to mend the relationship. Like reconcile it? So you have to have some stake in that friendship. You can't just do a... In, this, in like your section? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you should be friends with them. You shouldn't... I mean, that's with anything. I don't think... You should just have healthy relationship with any everyone. I think that's the general principle. <laughs> I mean, obviously that doesn't work out. That's like that's too ideal. Of course, you're gonna have drama with someone. Yeah. Why did you have any drama with someone? Is that why you mentioned that, uh, Patrick? No, not really. I remember Rich <laughs> and I would get mad at each other a lot. Yeah. But you guys are like best friends. That's just During friends getting. No, we were like, very being annoying at each other. I, I, I remember one time we were setting up the chairs because you have to pull the chair and put it where you sit right and yeah one time i think well, what happened patrick I, I remember i stole your chair <laughs> okay isaac wait when you used to isaac when you used to set up your chair would you take out your instrument first or would you set up your chair first <laughs> this is a very important question i think chair okay, okay. chair so one day in chair. band class, everyone goes to the chairs, right, to get their chair. Yeah. And in the corner of my eye, I noticed Richard strut right into the instrument room without getting a chair. So I wonder, what is he okay. doing? He's going to get such a bad seat. Okay. So I set up my chair and my stand, and I go in to get my instrument, just as Richard's coming out. And after I set up my instrument, I come out, he's in my chair. <laughs> I was trying to be so, efficient. <laughs> but then i remember we got so, really mad i i got mad over it i think we both got kind of mad yeah we both got really mad over it 
I just stole your chair, and I <laughs> I think you stole it back then. And then I was offended that you stole your own chair back. <laughs> <laughs> then it's not stealing. Then he's just reclaiming what's already his. <laughs> you can kind of tell I saw some bias in my. <laughs> yeah, Richard. In middle school, and did you use a cut in the lunch lines? Oh, we we had arguments over this too, Patrick. Because I would always see Patrick <laughs> in the corner of my eye, trying to uh, mooch off the a person like a few spots ahead of me, and he would never come to me. He would come to me after he got rejected by the first person. That's so and funny. And he'd be like, "Hey, Richard." Like he does that on purpose. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. Patrick does that at the dining halls too. He just goes up to someone and he says, "He does." That. He says, "Oh, may I cut in front of you, or like, or may oh, I cut no. behind you?" And of course, they're gonna say yes. And then, and then, like, he does an indecent move to like all the people behind that person. But it's so Patrick funny. Has a it's so, he has it's a so funny. Putting his arms on his hips as he's like casually talking with the person because before you infiltrate, <laughs> you have to make small That's talk. That's true. Like, and you have to be like, so what's up, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I just remember so many times I would call Patrick out and say, "Hey, Patrick, why are you cutting?" <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, Patrick is like such an interesting person to be no, around. Like, I stopped college, doing it especially. mostly in college. It was just because one day, one day the line was just ridiculously long, offensively long. So we didn't have a choice. <laughs> you still have a choice. Oh my gosh. No, and the funniest part was after Isaac and I cut into the line, some girl tried to cut in front of us and I called her out and on she it. Said and I no. forced her to go to the back of the line. He's such a hypocrite, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> basically okay okay this is like the funniest thing ever like i was okay it was valentine's day right so i was eating was it oh, valentine's, valentine's day? day okay i don't know i was eating with lunch with patrick i was eating lunch with patrick and it was like it was great like the food was great like because it was valentine's day i guess they put out better food and then patrick was like isaac turn around right i turned around and then like this girl girl was like kissing like going in for the kiss <laughs> like <laughs> for the boy like for from her boyfriend and like, I looked behind and they were like just about the kids and I swear the girl looked straight into my eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, Patrick, what did you do? That is so oh, yeah. awkward. That was like what one of my hell? funniest like yeah. moments in, that, in college. That was so funny. That was I just so said, awkward. I, was just like, I just oh said, gosh. Isaac, turn to your five o'clock. And then he turned Why around. would you do that? That's yeah. so... And I was like, oh I my I feel like gosh. that's invasive. It's so Borderline. Funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, college is definitely really interesting. Yeah, Isaac and I used to get burritos every Friday in the same time. Yeah. And we had, like, the same conversations, like like we're having over now. Over. <laughs> kind no, of. it's so funny because, Richard, we, there's this place called Ronde, and there's the east yeah. side and the west side, and east is Asian food and west is Mexican food. But Isaac doesn't call it that. He always call, he always says, do you want to eat in the east side or do you want to <laughs> eat in the Mexican side? <laughs> I just don't. I always. Did I say East yeah. and Mexican or did I say Asian oh. and Mexican? Oh, yeah, I don't so know. Funny. The Mexican side is way better. The West side? See, I don't even know. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. It's so good. It's the best. For all you listeners out there, UCLA food is the best. That's honestly true. I mean, the one time I came and visited you guys, like, B Play was really nice mm. for sure. I wish I could say the same about NYU, but 
Your yeah, our food just does not compare. And everything's buffet style, dude. Oh, you don't like that? No, I like that. Because oh, 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 you mean at NYU it's not buffet or it is all buffet? Okay, we have a lot of dining halls, but there's only two, three buffet style halls. Um, but the okay. rest are just a la carte, so it's very, very. You have to be selective. Okay. And the funny thing is, like. For the meal swipe, they're all the same. It's the same thing, right? You can meal swipe and get as yeah. many meals as you want at one dining hall, but the other one, you, yeah. you're only limited to one. So, I made mm-hmm. it a point because I lived in Brooklyn, which is the we we have like a separate campus for the engineering school, and I made it a point to make every meal swipe worth it. So I would travel all the way up to main campus, which oh is a thirty gosh, minute that's crazy. shuttle ride. And I would only eat lunch <laughs> there because I, I was trying to get my money. Oh, my and gosh. At the end of the day, you crazy. can always take a banana or two, take some fruit with you. Oh, my gosh. Do you, oh do you my guys gosh. do that? Don't even... Can you do that? Patrick takes like five bananas. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to take one fruit. You know, they have a lot of free one. stuff there. You got to take advantage of it. You know, I, I yeah, heard this I know. one story of this one guy who went to Colombia and he was like strategizing on what is the thing that I can take back that has the most value? And he found out that Nutella was technically the most expensive food item you can get at the cafeteria. So he would get a cup, put all of the Nutella in there, and every single day he would just oh he would take a gosh. cup of Nutella back to his dorm and store it in his in his fridge or something. And then he actually made That's a business so out of it because he would like make cookies for people. I don't know if he oh my it, God. but like he that guy That's is crazy. Smart. But then eventually the university caught on and I think he was banned. I think somebody, like people, I know people steal like cups and like chopsticks from the dining halls. Dining halls. I think somebody actually took a chair from like (laughs) Feast once, which is one of our dining halls, right? (laughs) What? (laughs) But I don't know. I heard, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how, how, I don't even know how, how you can steal a chair. How does that even work? No, but about the prices, Whenever we got burritos, Isaac would we would have the same conversation in line for the burritos every single time, because our swipes are technically worth about twelve dollars, but the burrito is only yeah. like eight dollars. <laughs> and so, Isaac would always yeah. I did all the calculations. I made a document. I did all the calculations. Like, did you did you take the meal plan and divide it by the number? Yeah, of Yeah, yeah, price per meal. Yeah, I did. I totally did that. And I was like, I'm not getting my money's worth. But I was like, at the end, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm getting financial aid, so technically, it's not the the same price. Like, I get a, I get a sub. It's like subsidized meals, I guess. So, how much a meal was it? Uh, I can pull it up right now. Hold on, I have a I have a document. So for um, NYU, I believe we we had like thirteen dollars a meal. So it was pretty expensive, I'd say. I think it was about twelve dollars a meal for us. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's surprisingly higher than I expected. I thought it'd be like $10-ish. Oh, really? Yeah, because I just naturally think New York more expensive, yada, yada, yada. Oh. Okay, but this it depends on the meal plan. So me, Patrick and I, we had the 14 premium. And premium lets you like swipe as many... So you can like swipe in your friends and then like it like if you don't use any, it'll like roll over to the next week. So our 14p meal plan was like $12 a meal. Which is pretty expensive. But the cheapest one is, or in terms of per meal, is 19 regular. No, I switched so to 19R. That's 849. Yeah, that's 850 a meal. That's oh, really, is it really worth it. Yeah. 
You might as well share it at that point, so, you know? Just have one meal plan and then swipe for each other. But if you have the regular, you can't swipe other people. That's the thing. It's only oh. one per meal period. Ah. Yeah. That's the... Yeah. These evil colleges... You know how, like, people don't use up their meal swipes at the end of the semester and then they raid the cafeteria? Or do you guys have, like, a, a food shop that you can buy stuff at and take out? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So at NYU, during the last semester of the school year, we, I think, everyone went to that shop and they bought, like, candies, drinks, ice. <laughs> There's so much ice cream that was just... Yeah. Everyone was everyone bought a pint of ice cream for some reason. I always thought those people were morons. Because they would come back to the dorm and say, Look, bro, I've got 20 bagels. And then I'd say, Oh, how many swipes was that? And they say, It was 15 swipes. So they got 20 bagels for... It's definitely not worth the money. But I mean, at that point... Yeah, you just need to cut your losses at that point. There's no way to redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah. And did you guys have... Was it limited to just food items or could you also buy like stationery or like, like for us, we had a store, you could buy like chapstick, you could buy a pair of scissors, you could buy a stapler. I don't know why, but. Oh, what oh the? that's smart, yeah. actually. We should implement so that. Oh, you could also buy shampoo and like, you could buy like soap and you could buy like, like skincare products. So a lot of people. Oh, you could also oh go my to the Starbucks. And you could buy like water bottles. So a lot of people bought like mugs, water bottles. Oh, okay. That's like a that. good idea. We yeah, do I don't that. think we have that. We only have food here. Oh wow. No. We they only give you food. I I think or I or I I'm just uneducated. Hey Isaac, would you be in support if you could opt out of of certain dining halls or opt out of the gym and your payments would be less? If that was an option, I would. But I know college will never be like that. There's no way they would ever do that because they're just not gonna make. Which money. dining halls would you opt not out? Not gonna make of? money. I think Dinev. I would opt out of Dinev. That's the that's the American food. Um, what what's the other one? Uh, Covell. Oh God, I can't remember. Covell is awful. Oh, Covell is under construction. <laughs> so I mean, under one. construction, they Covell's... make just as good food as they did uh. when they were not under construction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I no i don't it would just be too hard to make those decisions like opting out of dining halls but i would definitely opt out of the gym because i don't work out which is bad wait speaking of the like, gym quarantine, how oh often God. did you guys go isaac and i went together once yeah he he took me once and i was like i don't want to i don't want to get sweaty <laughs> but you shower <laughs> after i just don't like exercise. isaac can i can i tell him our uh, sit-up story yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay, do you know the flutter kick ab workout, Richard? Yeah. You just you lie on your back and then and then you just kick. And then I said, "Okay, Isaac, try it." And then he did the kick, but his legs were completely not straight. And he said, "Oh, this is super easy." <laughs> and I said, "No. <laughs> no, make your legs straight." And he said, "Oh." And then he did it with his legs straight for 2 seconds and then he gave up. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard dude abs are dude they're hard to get every single workout associated yeah. with abs especially the flutter kicks dude uh those are terrible i just don't think i have a motivation to work out because like i don't know i'm fine with my body size like i'm pretty skinny like an average person i think like under like quarantine and plus my terrible sleep schedule like some like lately i've like been eating like one meal a day which is bad right so i've been like losing weight actually which is Whoa. bad because i am already underweight 
but yeah, I just don't. I mean, I should exercise. I I don't really move much because of quarantine. There's but. a difference between cutting body fat and gaining muscle because you could easily cut body fat without going to the gym, but like if you want to gain yeah. muscle, you can't do that naturally. I would assume. Like yeah, it's I think I'm losing muscle though. My brother was like, "Yeah, I don't think you're losing fat. You're probably losing muscle." I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right," which is bad, which is very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should probably go on a walk every day or something. <laughs> Wait, Patrick, how how often did you go to the gym? I went pretty often, actually. How often? <laughs> Decently often. <laughs> what? <laughs> that could be once a month. That could be once. No, I, I always thought it was so funny because there were treadmills in the gym, but we live on a hill. So people would walk <laughs> up from class to the gym and that's a 20 minute walk. And then they would go in the gym and then they would walk more on the <laughs> treadmill and then they would get off the treadmill and then walk up to their dorm. Twice the gains. No, you just walk, just don't <laughs> go in the gym. <laughs> Yeah, I just think about UCLA. Our campus is pretty big. Like, from the dorms to the campus, I think. Or, I mean, technically, it's not far. What's the auditorium you guys have? The, it starts with the P. Poly? Poly Pavilion. Yeah, Poly Pavilion. one time, Patrick and I were walking next to that Poly Pavilion, and I was like, oh, that's the Poly Pavilion. And then Patrick's like, the what? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> Clearly, you've never been. <laughs> Is that where we hold our big assemblies? Is that where the basketball games are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think commencement is usually in there too, but obviously we didn't have commencement this year, or it was virtual, mm-hmm. which I think is so sad. Like people graduating online, people getting married online. I just, I would never want that ever. Like, anyway, that's another, that's another <laughs> tangent. <laughs> So we talked about a lot of things. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any topic suggestions or you want to contact us for whatever reason, we have an email called it's over for real pod at gmail.com. And we'd like to thank Isaac for appearing. So thanks, Isaac. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Okay, let's wrap it up. Did you say it's over? Yeah, just say it at the same time. But that never works out. <laughs> what? It's gonna work Let's try out. it. Let's try it. Oh, also, Isaac texted us. He said he likes the Vivaldi in our intro. We have Vivaldi in our intro. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's gosh, terrible. Patrick. We should not have Vivaldi in Why our intro. Why do I know more about Wait, your are show? We, are we interviewing the vice president of the United States? Why do we have Vivaldi in what? our intro? Because it was funny. It was like, bum, bum, bum. Was it spring? It was spring, right? Bum, 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 okay, we're getting so off topic. Okay, three, two, one. It's over. It's over. It's over. I do. I. I, I see Lyndon B. Johnson in your mirror. That's LBJ, right?